Welcome to the Harnessing Happiness podcast. Upbeat vibes generated and transferred to you. Now here's your host, Sarah J. Naylor. Hello and welcome to Harnessing Happiness with myself, Sarah J. Naylor. Thank you, as always, for stopping by and listening to my podcast. really appreciate you listening all over the globe. It's amazing. As regular vis- visitors, even listeners will know by now, I sponsor my own show and I'm the midlife success coach amongst lots of other things, businesswoman. I've got my podcast, of course, and an author, speaker, writer, ah, da, 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 da. but you can find me at sarahjnaylor.com. But as you know, I like to get on with the show and stop talking about me. <laughs> so we're going to... Move on over. I'm going to introduce, well, I'm going to pass over to Stephen, who's going to introduce himself. Stephen, please do introduce yourself to my awesome audience. Oh, Sarah, thank you so much. It's lovely to be here. And um, hello, everyone. <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, it's, it's I'm, I'm trying to match your energy. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, you've had a busy week. <laughs> I've had a busy week. Yeah, I've had a busy week. But uh, we'll see how it goes. But yeah, you're absolutely right. I'm, uh, well, I, my jo- I jokingly introduce myself as Steve, Stephen or Steph. And that honestly depends on what dating site you find me on. <laughs> elaborate, please do elaborate. My audience will be going, they'll be, they'll be scratching the, either the head on the chinny chin chin or not, maybe. <laughs> well, exactly. And if you've got a picture of me at all, you'll realise that I either look like that bloke off MasterChef or as somebody kindly said to me on the train a few weeks ago, that I look like Phil Collins if he'd eaten a few more roast dinners. <laughs> I like the Master Chef. I think Greg on the Master Chef. Yes, Greg, I think that's... Ma- Greg Wallace, not the other one with the dark hair. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I've um, well, what can I say? I've, I've had a, a long-standing career in the automotive industry, thirty-five plus years. I'll get straight to the point and the crux of my well mental health and well-being sort of challenges. Um, really, I now can pinpoint to being about six years old and suddenly not being an only child anymore and having siblings, which I now realise through having had hypnotherapy took me down a route of, of sort of constantly then feeling lonely, abandoned and rejected. And that messed with my confidence, my self-esteem, my sense of purpose, my sense of who I was and, and my um, well, you know, my own worthiness if you like that was something that I carried through with me into you know my teenage years my adolescence and my teenage years drove the type of person I became the happy clappy happy chappy you know laugh and joke class clown you know life and soul of the party the one with the sense of humor Uh, but I now realize that all of that was a sort of coping mechanism for the fact that inside I was not feeling good about myself couple that as well with many of your listeners will know that early part of the 1980s was the worst period of life for anyone who was what we would now class to be in the LGBTQI plus community and we had the AIDS epidemic as well as you know and I basically was curious about all that stuff but couldn't say anything couldn't come out couldn't do anything and uh, and so convinced myself I was some I was abnormal and then I like to say the rest is kind of history I mean it's just <sighs> It's horrible when you when you realise you've sort of had to sort of change who you are or be who you've become to to survive. And although there's an appreciation for all of that because you have become the person that you are because of that, but equally so that when you've had to have a lid on something that you've not been able to explore. I mean, you going back to that time. I mean, I I clearly remember it purely from a 
a, a time where I was actually on holiday and I got massively bitten by mosquitoes. Sorry. And I, I was in, in um, where was I? In Corfu. Sorry, I'm not with lots of ums and ahs there. I was in Corfu, I'd been badly bitten and I had to go to a local surgery where nobody spoke the language. And all, as you said, all the stuff to do with AIDS and things like that in the 80s. I mean, I had to go and then have injections in my... And I was just, you can imagine, there was no language, there was no sort of sealed products or anything like that. It was quite terrifying. And that was from a completely different angle. But it was, it was, it was so shocking at the time and the, the advertising and everything. So I can only but imagine what you were going through, sort of wanting to explore stuff, not being able to, because it wasn't, it became unavailable, if you like, because of all the stuff that was going on. So, so you had to hold that within you, which is never good for anybody to block energy that needs to flow. Well, exactly. And I mean, I, it was a time of, you know, again, bear in mind that I was, uh, you know, a teenager that lacked confidence, lacked self-esteem. I was a bit overweight. I had sort of long, greasy hair and had spots and all the stuff that, you know, you would associate with how teenagers looked back then. And even my mum said something to me once where she said, girls don't go out with fat boys that wear glasses. You know, oh, and, gosh. And I look back on that now and I think, I know what she was trying to do was to protect me, but that was really clumsy. And, and mm. knowing that I'm, or I was, lacking in confidence, you know, just actually added to it. Yeah. And the fact that you remember it now, it's, I mean, that's the, that's the poignant bit. Things that, that, that lodges and it's like, it's, I mean, NLP and obviously you're aware that you can do with all of that. But the fact is it, you, it resonates. I mean, the stuff that goes in and you, it hits with you, doesn't it? And you just keep on repeating that. People need to think. Well, I often say to people now, you know, you know, think about those teachers that you had at school that were inspiring and uplifting. And they, they kind of look to the ceiling and they go, oh, yeah, I remember Mr. So-and-so or Miss This or whatever. OK, now remember those teachers that gave you a hard time or you didn't like or you didn't get on with. And their names and faces come to mind like in an instant. So, you know, anything like that, any of those clumsy comments, they really do stick with you for life. Yeah. And you've got to understand, I mean, people who are delivering this, I had a conversation with somebody just recently and who was saying that she can't but help herself be that way towards a daughter. I'm going, my head's screaming. And it's like, what are you doing? It's just so damaging. And if you're aware of it, go stop breaks because it's it is so damaging really is oh my gosh but so what happened then so you 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 mean obviously you went through that period you didn't so how did you get to where you are today well I mean uh, uh, to be honest the well the next bit of it was that I probably subconsciously because my sexuality would would now be described as pansexual you know what we used to call bisexual really but um you know, so I, I'd convinced myself probably that it was just a thing. It was just a passing phase or a, you know, slight abnormality and, and did what society would have expected me to do, which is, you know, find the prettiest girl in the village, get married, have kids, get a family, have the life that, you know, the, the nuclear 2.4 kids, holiday home, house, you know, cars, money, all that stuff. So I did all of that and created a beautiful life. You know, we had a great time together we did lots and lots of stuff there was lots of love between us and you know we we were the sort of archetypal family that everyone aspired to be but of course you know and it was great it there was you know I celebrate that now but it was very much a case that um you know in the background the stress and the anxiety of keeping that going was gradually chipping away at me and of course 
you know, the, the curiosity about my sexuality never went away. Which it wouldn't, because it's there, it's part of you. And it's not something, and when you've got it contained, and it's not something you can explore. And I'm assuming, did your wife have any idea or not? Um, or? I think if um, she, well, I think on reflection now, if we were to talk about it, she'd probably say that she saw some signs. But no, and, and when, when the lid fell off, you know, and it was the start of 2020, the pandemic was hitting. I had two businesses that were that were collapsing rapidly. Um, you know, bounce back loans weren't even a thing then, and no one no one knew where we were going. And at the same time, you know, to be honest, she found some information that then led her to uh, cause us to have conversations, and and that was it. She decided immediately that we were done. Twenty twenty was the year that for me. Two businesses collapsed. I separated from my wife. My family disowned me and I went down the route of going, do you know what? I can't deal with this anymore. You've seen me deliver the story, Sarah, right? And I, well, I try to be as, you know, I'm, I'm as upbeat as I am now because I'm happy and, you know, I'm free of all of that. But honestly, I, I you know, I, I went through a period where I was standing on a, a railway platform thinking a fast moving train's got more appeal than, than dealing with this. Understandably so, because, I mean, effectively you were having... A bereavement across the board, a bereavement of stuff that you've built up business-wise, life-wise, family-wise, relationship-wise, everything came crash. It sounds like came crashing in all at the same time. I mean, who wouldn't be flub? Cry? Are you, you just? I mean, I'm just. You're just telling me again. I say yes. I heard you deliver, which is how we're talking. So I heard you deliver your keynote, and it, you know, it was so powerful. And I'm so much of a big believer in enabling people to be the person they're meant to be because it's about living your truth, aligning with who you are. I mean, we're only spirit having a human experience. It, you know, it's about the experiences we have, not necessarily the body that we we, we are within. It enables us to have that experience because we need it to do physical stuff, but. Just my heart goes out to you to have all of that. I mean, I've, you know, my business was like knackered and then I ended up right at the very end of the bounce back loan, taking the bounce back loan and the, the debt that, you know, you build up because of that and the stuff that knocks on that there was no help with, you know, and it's, you just then get saddled with it. And yet there's, and we won't go down the political route on that one, but anyway. <laughs> Sarah Naylor for president, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> We don't have, no, hang on, that's a different thing. We don't have presidents in the UK, do we? If no, oh more, my... Before people think I'm a Republican, I'm not. Oh, God, no. <laughs> Start I mean, that you just... rolling. Yeah, well, we do need some more people in... Anyway, let... no, we better not go down that route. Let's not go down that route. No, but I'm with you, Sarah. I mean, that's that's the whole, you know, that's the whole point. I mean, if it was just one thing, you, you know, you'd have dealt with it in one way or... You know, but it was the perfect storm. You know, I've never understood that phrase until you stood right in it. And it absolutely was. And of course, it's all right me talking about my side of it, but that's the only bit I can talk about because, you know, my now ex-wife and certain members of my family decided not to talk to me about their side of it. And, and all I got was the, the obvious signs of, of grief and upset and anger from from them which I totally understand yeah because they're processing but they don't know how to process because they've not been in your shoes living your life but that's we are all unique individuals and we're all basing our experiences on what we've had before and what we've what we can measure it against and our internal stuff and our learning and our drivers and stuff like that but it's it takes communication doesn't it to understand and you know hopefully in time more of them will but you got to a point though when I heard you deliver the talk that you were actually on that platform weren't you oh yeah I mean that absolutely yeah I mean actually on two occasions one was actually on the platform and the second one was about a fortnight later where I just it was just too much 
and and I remember I'd pulled into a lay-by actually which not far from where I was living at the time and the lay-by is it runs alongside the west coast mainline railway line which is the fast express trains you know I remember I see it now when I drive past it you know I look look to say well there's there's that gate where there's that bit of a hole that I'd even considered like crawling under it you know, late at night and in the dark just to get to the railway line, you know, and, and sitting in the car with the engine running, wondering, do I leave the car running? Do I turn it off and lock it? Do I leave the keys in it? Let someone have it? Do I, <laughs> all of that. I mean, you, and, and I'm sitting here now and I'm thinking, oh my God, where on earth did all of that come from? Why did I, th-? you know, so anyone who knows anyone who's who's actually completed suicide and taken their own life and, you know, or had a failed attempt, you know, you, you just have the thought for what goes through their mind that causes them to get to that stage because you know it was it was horrendous yeah you make him have goosebumps going up my legs now talking about it empathy and feeling for you because it is such a and it's powerful it's that sort of level but you got to that point of did, was it a phone call that stopped your i can't remember what you yeah said absolutely now. was yeah I'm, I'm yeah i'm stood on the route on the platform normally people pay really a lot of money for me to talk about this sarah but <laughs> so, well they do now as i've turned it into a business but yes, uh, just, yes. purely so they, uh, well no actually that's that's wrong that sounds really mercenary i don't mean it that way but the thing is you have to value yourself Stephen, to actually get out there to deliver the talk for people to come and see you and actually then they they will get it and actually they will hear the full story i mean this is it's just that that bit was so that bit was so powerful if you don't want to share it that's no 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 no, no i was just no 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 no, no you're absolutely not right no 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 the commercial over all i would say on that front is that we've got We've got something for every budget, so don't worry. Yeah, no, I genuinely was standing on the platform, and the story goes, I was stood there, I was crying, I mean, you know, literally was looking around me, there was people there. It was the start of the pandemic, so, you know, there was probably a lot less people there than there probably would have been normally. Then the announcer said, stand well back from the platform edge, the next train at Platform 4 doesn't stop here. Obviously, I was on Platform 4, I was, and I have stood there many times when those trains literally fly through there at 100 mile an hour. And I, that was when I had the thought, you know, this would be all over if I just stepped two steps forward. Uh, and at that moment, my phone rang. It was uh, a very, very good friend of mine. And she said, oh, hi, you're, you're all right. And I, I said, well, no, not really. And she went, mm. she said, no, something just tapped me on the shoulder and said to ring you. Oh, I, I know. I go yes. cold talking about it now. And you think, wow, oh, what is going It's that connectivity to spirit. It's that energy. It's a message to say this is powerful. And this is a message that needs to be shared. So people need to hear it because you didn't. And yeah, and and now you, I mean, because of all of that, because of that phone call, because of everything else, you're now actually helping other people, aren't you? Well, I, I, yeah, I mean, clearly I, I stepped back from the platform. I did stand well back. But I, every time I go on the train now and I hear that announcement, it makes me shiver. And then over the next few months, I mean, it, you know, it wasn't plain sailing by any means. It wasn't like somebody had suddenly turned the light on and everything was back to normal. You know, I still had another... 18 months to go through the divorce and moving through out of the house and all of that was horrendous. Yes, yes, been there, done that, yep. Yeah, equally horrendous, probably more so for my ex-wife who had obviously had relied on me for quite a lot of things and, you know, so I, I really get that that was bad for her. That's, maybe, that's an understatement probably. But in the meantime, I, I reached out to a few colleagues and, and people that I know across the sector that I've been used to working in, the automotive industry, and I just said, look, I've got this bit of an idea that, you know, I think mental health, particularly for men and particularly for anyone working in a masculine environment where, you know, it's all about goals and objectives and performance and, 
you know, being a little bit aggressive, being a bit sort of like pushy and bolshy, a t- tiny bit, you know. I said, I'd, I've got this thing that I'm, I'm convinced there must be more men out there like me that just hold this stuff in and don't talk about mental health and what's going on. And I was blown away by the support that I got. I hadn't publicly come out at that point. I just literally was going out there and saying it was a mental health related thing. Yeah, that took me through sort of back end 2021. And then during 22, I've got to admit, I I had moved out, moved into a place uh, on my own and, you know, was then dealing with the ups and downs of readjusting. At the beginning of 2023, suddenly something clicked and I went, right, come on, we're on a mission to not get people standing well back, but to get them standing shoulder to shoulder with each other and you know, if that just saves, you know, one life, then it's worth it. I did my keynote this week and all joking aside about the cost and stuff, I did that this week. And at the end of it, I had two people come up to me afterwards and, and shook my hand and just said, you know, is there any way I could have a chat with you? Cause I'm going through the same, or I've got someone I know who is. And then since coming back, I've had two emails from different people who are the same. So for me, that's You know, that's four people out of 300 that have come to me separately and independently and said, we need a chat. No, absolutely. And and I think that's it. The whole point is that what you are doing and what you're talking about is so powerful. I mean, and over the last three years, so many people have been impacted, I think, even further with mental health issues because of COVID and because of all the stuff that was, I mean, crikey, it's not surprising because if every time you switched on the television, you're basically being told you're going to die if you walk out the front door. Oh, it's the AIDS epidemic all over again. Well, no, and it was working, yeah. But affecting everybody. Body and just just fear factor driven driven into people with sort of like hammering it in. I just switched off. I didn't listen to it. It's just like I'm not listening to this. Not listening to this. Now we've got a banking meltdown that's going to do the same over the next few weeks. I think we're sleepwalking into that, but hey-ho. Well, yeah. I mean, I just think personally that, you know, the whole, everything's absolutely F-U-C-K-E-D. Uh, <laughs> but it is. I, I describe that as Donald Ducked. Yes, Donald Ducked. Yes, it's very much so. Once things break down, they have to be rebuilt. But it's having the right people in place to rebuild it. Because unfortunately, I was saying to my partner that I thought, well, you know, with the lunatics that are bloody running the countries that are causing the absolute chaos let's have somebody who's a bloody drag queen in in charge because then the world will be so much of a happier more harmonious place because these people that are running these countries aren't actually aligned with who they're meant to be anyway come on folks let's have let's have some sense and sensibility let's accept people for who they are i'm a massive 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 thing for acceptance acceptance of the self acceptance of other people enabling each other coming together collaboratively not oh well, i don't like you because you're different to me good <laughs> it's supposed to be different it's the whole freaking point we are different well sarah if it's a drag queen you want now we're talking yeah absolutely have you have you steph <laughs> Esther. <laughs> well it's not going to be well the, the stage yes steph indeed but the stage name is actually going to be jy kelly <laughs> J.Y. Kelly. <laughs> and uh, and what is your what is your look? That's what I want to know. I, I haven't quite worked that out yet, but I think uh, I don't, I'm nothing too skin tight. <laughs> oh. but, uh, I know, I know. Yeah, no, but uh, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm open to, 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 you know, answers on a postcard on that one. Yes. What, what do you fancy? Well, how do you turn a Greg Wallace lookalike into a drag queen, really? I mean, I'm sure there's some experts. I think you go with your flow. You go with what appeals to you. You go with what feels 
good for you and what you feel amazing in because that is the key it's what do you feel amazing in whether you want sort of high hair big hair short hair whether you want sort of flounces and frills or whether you want to come in and be sort of more sort of office secretary in a drag act kind of way or how you want to be whether you want to be in heels whether you want to be fully tucked with sort of like a a thong thing going on or whatever what do you You know, I mean, let's face it, the pleaser boots are going to put you up in a, a good height anyway. So, Yeah, no, I think there's a I think there's a few trips to various retail outlets coming on. I did go into Superdrug a few weeks. Other chemists and makeup stores are available. Uh, but I went in there a few weeks ago after I'd had the idea and I, and I just sheepishly went up to this lady that was stocking the nail varnishes. And I went, would you help me? I said, I'm, I'm told that I'm going <laughs> to I need to get this this and this because I've decided to do a drag act and my friends give me a list of things that I need and I just want to like start pricing it up and she went yeah of course and then we ended up having a laugh about it, it was great I remember going into boots because that's another outlet that's available and um, I was looking at the makeup on the number seven and uh, there was a guy there helping me and he, he obviously knew far more about makeup than I did and I thought awesome love this this is absolutely great you know it's just like please people I remember walking in the 90s wearing trousers to work I mean for me at the time girls weren't supposed to wear trousers and that was and so you know women can wear trousers so why can't men wear skirts that was my argument back then it's just like I'm quite happy for a bloke to turn up to work in a skirt not got a problem with that so I will wear trousers but what is it in some cultures you've got somebody a man in a dress but it's not called a dress so therefore it's not a dress hello and what is it about a kilt that's not a skirt tell me that it's like it's hello yeah that's very true Give it a different name and it's it's perfectly acceptable. It's like, hello. <laughs> it's just like, and you've got all the sort of like cultural costumes and things like that that are sort of flamboyant. What's so different about that? What's so different about, you know, Indian headdresses and, and skirts and leather? Hello. <laughs> yeah, no, you're true. It's, it's right. And, and they, you know, you're right. Absolutely. But I don't want to mean to offend anybody, but, you know, there are certain countries in the world, hot countries in particular, where, you know, men will wear... You know, a, a very long shirt, but it looks like a dress. Exactly. You've only got to put a belt in, cinch it in at the waist and put some beads on. And it's, a, oh, it's gorgeous. Just, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but that's my point. It's just like we're just wearing clothing to adorn ourselves, you know. And it's, you know, if you go back to sort of, if you look back to the caveman, you know, it would have been skins that were cut and folded and what have you. And, oh, I don't I just... Who is it? Who is it that has decreed that this is how you should be? No, be how you want to be. Because if you're not, that's when all the issues, which is where we come back to the sort of dealing with the mental health issues. I was talking to, because I've got a recruitment business, a client of mine who's an HRD for a, oh, I don't know, about a 15, 20 million turnover business, sort of working within the IT sector. And she was telling me, and I can't remember now whether she said it was like out of about 100 and something staff, whether it was like 30 were off with mental health issues or whether it was 30% of the workforce were off then that's reflective across all industries because people have had all of this and then is that if you think about what you've already said about how you were feeling and then you sort of everything else then piles on top it's too much it's too much to to try and even bear you know well I I tell you what the um, I mean where my work has gone now is that yes I'm out there delivering my story as part of the message but the key part of what I do I created an organization called Menable now it's actually en- the word enable with a very large m in brackets next to it but obviously because the way it's pronounced people think oh is it just about men well no but actually if we want to achieve diversity and inclusion and equity like you've just described we've got to address men's mental health because in a lot of cases that's at the crux of why we can't achieve it 
And what I mean by that is that if men are collectively in masculine environments, if there's an energy that's around, you, you don't, you know, you don't declare your emotions, you don't talk about your feelings, you just hide it, you keep it to yourself, you put on this brave bravado, then that's, those are masculine traits that are hiding what's really going on for someone. And so I work with organizations now and I say, you've got to take a responsibility for this in the workplace, you know, and if you're a manager or a leader, your job is people. Um, and when I first put it together, and I mean, it's it's got acceptance now. And actually, the automotive industry have been very supportive and we've got some fantastic partners. But at the very beginning, I remember going out and talking to some managers and I said, look, you know, we've, we've got to like open this up about mental health and so on. And this one guy is actual. So excuse the phraseology, but he actually said, if we show people that we care too much, they'll take the piss. And I said, really? What does that say about your culture that you even think that? And actually, like you've just said, Sarah, you've got these companies that have got huge amounts of people taking time off. How much of that is down to the fact that the organization they work in is not psychologically safe and they can't go to a manager or their boss and openly talk about what's going on for them. So they do have to swing the lead, as we used to call it, to get some space to, you know, I better ring up and say I've got, you know, a stomach bug or I've got a cold or I've got a bad back. That was the, the usual one. But actually what it really means is I can't cope and my head's spinning. But I can't say I can't cope and my head's spinning because guess what? I'm the finance director and if I say that, I'm going to look weak and I'm going to look as though I can't do my job. Yeah, and it's absolutely crazy because actually when you start to talk about things that are going on in the head, because you can't, just because you can't see it doesn't mean to say it's not there and it's not happening. And you know, people have more empathy with somebody with a broken arm than they would do with a broken mind. And it can, might be that it's just somebody needs to speak to somebody. You know, it's just getting it out. I mean, that's why I love sort of coaching because you can help people help themselves because actually once, it, once you sort of kind of get it open. And even for myself, I just met up with a couple of good coach friends of myself, of mine yesterday. And I've had loads of stuff going on, which I won't go into now, but it was really good to sort of talk about it. Not that I haven't with my partner and other people, but with them particularly, because they are so good. In fact, one of them, I don't know whether you've come across SAS Who Dares Wins, but Liz was um, bad mama on who, who SAS Who Dares Wins. So she's, and she works with a lot of men who with PTSD and stuff like that, who've worked, you know, been in the forces and one thing and another, and she does equine coaching. Anyway, that aside, you know, really good to get it out and sort of have some sort of just clarity. Because when you talk it through, when you're not bottling it up, you're not, it's not spinning inside of your head and even if you can't speak to somebody straight away write it down get it out don't let it keep going round and round your head you've got to get it out it will manifest actually those bad backs it will manifest as other ailments it will manifest as something completely different if you don't yeah no, and, and exactly and I mean you know our, our mission right now is to say is to help workplaces to, to become psychologically safe that people can open up and have these conversations uh, and just say, look, I've got a lot going on right now. You know, I mean, I, I said to you, you know, that uh, earlier in earlier this week, I, I've actually sort of met someone, you know, it was a classic eyes across a bar kind of scenario. And, you know, we've, we've started, we'd had a couple of dates and, you know, it feels great to, to be around them, you know, and, you know, I'm very aware that that's at the opposite. So you know, I'm on a bit of a, what, what's the word, a bit of a high, I suppose. And I've had a busy week, but I'm very aware that that's at the opposite end of, of, you know, of, you know, where I was 18 months ago, feeling despair and, oh my God, I'm I'm going to end up in a flat above a shop with a one-bar fire and die as a lonely old man and, you know, and all of that stuff that goes around your head when you, you, you know, the world is getting to you and it's so easily done. And I, I get, 
I get guys now that reach out and say to me, oh, you know, I'm not in a, not in a good place. I need some help. And I go, okay, so talk me through what your typical day looks like. Uh, well, I, you know, I normally get to work about eight and I'm there till about six and it's busy, 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 nonstop. So then I get home and, you know, by the time I get home, we're just about time to put the kids to bed. I normally sink about three pints of Stella and then I'll eat a pizza and then I'll sit up till two in the morning playing PlayStation games. And you think, right, well, let's start unpicking some of that because... Yeah. Exactly. None of that is serving you well, but somewhere in the core of all that is something that's caused you to do all of that stuff. Exactly, exactly. And the, and the thing is, it's, it's, it is unpicking it. We aren't our behaviour. You can change your behaviour, but it's understanding what it is, what triggers it and what changes to put into place and then putting boundaries into place and doing other things and, and changing your environment. I mean, it's, it's a massive thing, but it's brilliant what you're doing. And I think the story that you've got, I mean, and actually I have to take my hat yeah, take my hat off I don't have a hat on but you know what I mean <laughs> but the fact that you that journey that you've been on and where you from where you were what you've gone through to where you're at is phenomenal because actually that is such a short space of time and to have actually come around to be doing what you're doing right now on the back of what you've been through and where you were at in such a short space of time Stephen it's just unbelievable it's awesome it's just amazing it's tantamount to the kind of person that you actually are that you've you, and that passion and that drive and want to help other people it's just yeah it's amazing absolutely amazing oh thank you well that really means a lot sarah and i know when we met we you know we properly connected didn't we and i shared my story and um for me it's about sharing the story and not everyone's ready to hear it or receive it or you know in the same space to to think about this stuff and the one thing key thing i would say in all of this is that you know if if you do reach out to people to what to offer support don't try and fix them you know if this this guy i was describing who's sitting at home playing playstations eating pizzas at midnight and you know drinking beer and so on well that you know it's not for me to go and fix that or diagnose what the problem is or solutionize but it is for me to say well look you know if you need an if you need a friendly ear, if you need someone to listen without judging, just accept you, you know, don't make any assumptions, then then give me a call. I'm not gonna say what worked for me or you know, I would do this if I was you. I'm not going to do any of that. No, exactly. It's not about that. And that's the whole point of coaching. It's it's enabling people to just be heard, non-judgmental, supportive, and that's sometimes you know, all all it actually needs, you know. And it, it's just to be heard. And that's so important. And then actually when you are talking to somebody, reflecting back to them words at a subconscious level, that so that words, the words that they're using, it is, it, and it will resonate at a subconscious level to say that they have, you have been heard. So, you know, you don't need, as you say, it's not about trying to fix it. And anybody that's like, well, you need to do this or you need to do that or this is what happened to me, so I did it this way. We're all different. Like we said earlier on, we're all unique, different individuals. Your story will inspire and help other people reach out. And it's about connecting them with the right person that will listen, will hear, will be able to help. And it's about making those small shift changes. So it might be the smallest thing of actually going, do you know what? I'm going to eat healthily. I'm going to, I'm going to learn how to cook. And, or I'm, I'm going to put some boundaries into place. I need to stop. I mean, I know for myself that really I ought to spend a bit more time in meditation. And one of my friends that I met yesterday, she's just been on a meditative re- retreat and she's saying, I'm really going to now try and do an hour in the morning, an hour at night. She said, I thought I was doing really well before with 40 minutes in the morning and 20 minutes at night. But, you know, she knows that she's got that time, but she hasn't always got that time. And it's also being kind to yourself. You know, you haven't got... You haven't got to get into this routine because often in you know, this stuff that I've seen that, oh, this is your well-being routine, do this and follow that. I'm going, I don't want to do that at 6.30 in the morning. I'd rather stay in bed. 
Oh, I've seen some of that. I mean, you, you know, I've, I've told you about, the, you know, the motor industry and it's, it is a very sort of full on high pressure, you know, let's just keep it going kind of a very, very fast paced environment. And, you know, it's not for everyone. And, let, you know, probably like me, the vast majority of people that, that went through it aren't greatly academic in their in their minds. So it's a very much more sort of uh, physical environment as well. And and some organisations have put out stuff that have said, you know, oh, well, what you need to do is take an hour's lunch, go and walk around the park and count the clouds. And I'm like, really? I don't know anyone in the car, in a, in a you know, in a tyre fitting place or a garage or a, a dealership that's going to go, oh, excuse me, boss, I'm just going to go for a wander and, you know. They'll stand outside in the cold having a fag for five minutes. That's their break. There's a lot that's got to change. Yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot that's got to change. But, you know, if, hopefully, you know, the people that will hear this episode, you know, it, something will resonate, as you say, even if it's not right for them right now, that will plant a seed. Or for some people, it might push them to making that first phone call. But, you know, I really do appreciate you taking the time and sharing, you know, part of your story. And, you know, hopefully, you know, people will, will reach out and book you. And, you know, I, I, I want to talk to you further about what you're doing and seeing if there's anything anything I can sort of get involved with as well I don't know how or what but you know let's let's talk further afterwards well we'll get my people to talk to your people Sarah that's <laughs> yes, how this that's works a good right. idea you mean we're <laughs> going to text each other there we go <laughs> <laughs> I've got your whatsapp now is it yes yeah 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 so so how do um how do people get in touch with you Steve so I say thank you so much I really 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 appreciate it but and uh, yeah so how do people get in touch with you oh well that's so kind thank you yeah no well, well if they're interested in the movement menable uh, the website is menable that's m-e-n-a-b-l-e dot org dot o-r-g and if they want to have a look at me and and get me as you say book me that would be great other speakers are available um but uh yeah you can find me on Stephen. that's with a ph so it's Stephen j witten i'll spell that w-h-i-t-t-o-n so Stephen j witten.co.uk i'm also all over linkedin like a rash i get <laughs> told i got told last week you're all oh, yeah. over it like a rash and and yes uh, and I'm on Facebook as well, and I'm no longer doing that kind of thing where I'm sort of doing selfies of me going, oh, look at me, I'm having a wonderful life. I'm kind of, I'm doing a bit of that, but I'm also doing the actually things aren't so great stuff as well. So trying to be honest and authentic about it. And I would love to talk to anyone, honestly. The, the phone is always on. So, so yeah, so anyway, please do get in touch. You'll find me, as I say, at sarahjnaylor.com. And, yeah, until next time, please do have a wonderful life and think about yourself. Reach out to people if you do need to speak. Don't keep it in. Even just write it down. Just get it out of your head. Keep a journal. Whatever. Look after yourselves. Lots of love from me. And until next time, take care. Goodbye. Thanks for listening to the Harnessing Happiness podcast with Sarah J. Naylor. If you took value from the content, please follow the show on your podcast app. And to find out more about Sarah's ape mindset, visit sarahjnaylor.com. That's sarahjnaylor.com.